Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Blue Shirt Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Gillette, and I'm excited to bring you another great guest. And this guest is coming at you from the brain side of things. So I'm really excited to learn from Thad and explore the world of what he's in, which is called brain spotting. I think you're going to be really fascinated by what we're going to talk about on today's episode. Thad Fry is a licensed clinical social worker in a private practice in Boulder, Colorado. He specializes in a somatic modality called brain spotting. Now on the episode, we'll explain what all of that means. And I think again, you're going to be fascinated by it. That is a certified brain spotting consultant who supervises therapists wanting to become certified in modality. In his private practice, he specializes in grief, sports performance, and psychedelic integration. That is also the director of communications and outreach for the nonprofit organization, the Rocky Mountain Brain Spotting Institute. And if this is a jumble of words for you because of the different words like psychedelic integration, that's okay. We're going to dive into it and Dad's going to explain these things and help you to see the value of this and why all of this is so important and what it could actually do for you as well. So this is going to be a fantastic episode and I'm excited to bring Thad onto the show. So please welcome Thad to the show with me. All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of the Blue Shirt Leadership Podcast, and I'm excited to have Thad here with us. And let's jump in with the first question, but let me welcome you first. Welcome to today's show. Thank you so much, Kyle. I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Yeah, so brain spotting. when I read about it on your website, I was instantly intrigued. So can you explain to the audience what is brain spotting? Yeah, so uh, great question. It is it's always an interesting uh, thing to be able to explain to people, but basically it is a psychological modality that can be utilized for uh, people working with anything like uh, anxiety or trauma, uh, but also working in high performers with, uh, with athletes, uh, with uh, business people uh, getting ready to do a speech. But basically it is an allowance of a fixed eye position, meaning where my eyes land, not going to and from, but just in one eye position, noticing that with wherever we're feeling any kind of charge in our body. So if I were to say, all right, Kyle, you're you're going to go out uh, outside your door and there's going to be a thousand people there and they want a great speech. And you can feel that anxiety of, oh, my gosh, I'm not prepared. Or what if I say the wrong thing or whatnot? then I would say, where are you feeling that in your body? So you would say in my stomach. So you would notice that feeling. So it's wherever you feel that activation in your body, along with a fixed eye position that allows us to work with that limbic brain. So that mid part of our brain, not our thinking brain, which is our prefrontal cortex, but that mid brain. So that's what we're working for. Cause that's really what we call often the subconscious or subcortical brain that we don't get to access through just normal talk therapy or just talking in general. Hmm. So is there an emotional component to that too? When, when you get to that fixed eye position and you, you get that feeling. Um, it, it often can. Yes. Because we can access, uh, let's say we're working from a memory and something uh, like I, I work with a lot of athletes. So sometimes they think they're just going to be working on, you know, pro or college athletes. 
that we're just going to work on something that happened last week. But oftentimes I'll work with them around something that happened when they were eight years old and the ball went through their legs and they lost the game and they felt horrible and their friends looked at them. So they'll actually, when they're able to access that mid part of the brains, again, with that fixed eye position and that activation by going into that memory, by allowing them just to literally often feel the way they felt when they were eight years old, then the tears might come, the anger might come, and they get to do what we call processing through. So allowing that part of themselves or that memory to actually finish that feeling rather than just rub some dirt in it, get over it, it's not that big a deal, you know, get out there next time. Instead, it's like truly what they wanted to enact but for, for whatever reasons, because of what they believed, their parents believed, what they felt in that situation, they, they kind of tampered it down. So yes, often it can have an emotional component to it. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. When What is the benefit of using using this? And number two, can someone do this on themselves? Yeah, great question. If I forget the second question, uh, remind me. But yes, the benefit can come in many different ways. Again, my background is in, as in a, a licensed clinical social worker. And so I work with a lot of people with anxiety, uh, depression, PTSD. So if I look at it from that frame, oftentimes, like we were talking about before, they've talked about these situations. They've talked about their anxiety. They've talked about their trauma. And although that can be helpful to have somebody else that can hear them, that can see them, that is not, not having a judgment, nothing wrong with any of that. Oftentimes they'll say, I know that, but I don't feel different after we're done doing this. And this is a way of me holding space as the therapist, but I'm not directing them. I'm not saying now go to this memory, go to this feeling in your body. You know, I'll check in from time to time. But once we find that fixed eye position, once we allow them to access, you know, where they're feeling that activation, usually their nervous system, their brain and body really get to ride a roller coaster. So that often, if let's say that feeling in their body, we have what's called the SUD scale, subjective unit of distress to zero, meaning not feeling it at all. 10 feels like I'm overwhelmed. If they start at a number, a seven, making that number up, oftentimes if we're able to process for at least 15, 20 minutes, they're going to be at a lower number. Zero is great, but zero isn't the goal. If they can come back to that memory or, you know, feeling anxious around public speaking, or all of a sudden I get the yips as a, an athlete, and all of a sudden it, that's dropped a lot more, that's awesome. We just want to go in that direction. So any of those things it really can be used for. Um, and then your second question is around, can somebody do it for themselves? And the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, in the brain spotting world, we like to add spotting to everything. So it's called self-spotting. Um, <laughs> and so usually I would say I would want somebody to work with somebody for a while just to get used to it, to have another person, to make sure we're not going into deeper waters than maybe we wanted to. But once we do that, I often teach, especially my performers, athletes, uh, but sometimes my folks who are working through other issues, I teach them how to self-spot. So it's definitely something that people can do. There's there's something amazing about how our, our unconscious mind works and how unlocking things within there from the past or or you know kind of projecting a future can make such a big difference. When when you think about 
your history with working with clients. Uh, what are what are some of those stories? And I, I know you can't share too specific because of because of um, you know HIPAA and whatnot. But yeah. what are some of those good stories that that people have as a result of kind of setting themselves free through this? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, and that you you were right. I, I'm trying to think of the ones that I can navigate. So I I do my my uh, therapy work, but I also do coaching work. Not that I uh, teach them how to throw a baseball; uh, they already know how to do that. But in in doing my coaching work, uh, able to work through, like I said, any blocks or yips or anything that might happen. So uh, one of the ones that sticks out for me was a, a young man who was a uh, college baseball baseball player and had gotten to a point where uh, he was highly recruited, came into college and uh, for whatever reason was hitting a block. You know, we talk about a lot about the blocks in sports and was having some form of the yips where again, things that he knew how to do, he'd done a million times over all of a sudden it was, it was not happening, was not occurring. So the way that he was letting go of the baseball was not the way that he'd known how to do. So usually people try to try harder, uh, try to have a different stance, try to throw the ball differently. So whatnot, he'd already tried that. And then when I worked with him, we worked on past sports injuries, past uh, sports-related traumas, uh, embarrassments, coaches that might've been tough. Anyway, process through that. He went from being somebody who was highly thinking about leaving the sport, uh, was sitting the bench his freshman year, uh, who um, now is uh, looking at being one of the top 50 uh, people that are, is looking at being recruited in the MLB So and loves the sport. And again, people go through waxes and wanes, of course, in their thing. But to think about somebody who had the skill set and had the passion, but hit that block in that subconscious, something was triggering, bringing up those feelings of I'm not good enough or, you know, I can't do this anymore. Once we work through that subcortical subconscious material, he was able to get back and be the, the, the beautiful athlete that he already was. Wow. Yeah. And obviously that's going to translate in the business world. That's going to translate in your personal life and some things that you're getting blocked on. What is your general advice as it relates to when someone does hit those walls of, you know, whether it's a self-confidence wall or a performance wall, whatever it is, what, what are some pieces of advice you'd like to share? Yeah. So, I mean, the most obvious one is, is to do this type of work because, uh, there are other ones that I should talk about, EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, SE, somatic experiencing, hycomi. So I'm a brain spotter. I love brain spotting because I, as the therapist, am not the one walking the client through everything. I really set up it and let their nervous system go where they need to do. But I wanted to say those other ones too, because often when we think about therapy and or just self-improvement, we think of like, talk alone. And and again, that has its place. And I talk to my folks about breathing techniques. I talk about uh, mindfulness, meditation, right? There are a lot of great things that can be included in that. But if we can get more at the source of what's coming up, because oftentimes, as you were talking about, a block or uh, public speaking where they start having panic attacks, it feels like it came out of nowhere, 
but oftentimes it has earlier life events that occurred that we can get at it through the subconscious mind. And I might never be able to, if I was just talking to you about it, I'm, we might never be able to access it because mainly we're using, again, this top part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex. So again, I would say the biggest part would be to do some kind of work that allows us to access that subcortical brain. There's, there's a lot of, for some people, this feels woo woo, if you will. Yes. And they're, sure, af- sure. they're afraid to, to, or I can't speak for other people, but I would guess that some people are afraid of going to that place of yeah. in the past yeah. or that past experience. What do you say to people that have a little bit of a resistance to the yeah. quote unquote imagination part of this and how can they overcome it? Cause this, I know I've experienced stuff like this that is extremely mm-hmm. beneficial for me. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I appreciate it because it opens it up. It normalizes it. And so something that I do, I don't obviously go into great detail about my own work because that's my work and and uh, my own personal work. But I definitely tell them that, again, I'm from Boulder, Colorado. I, there's many awesome things to say about Boulder, but the, we can be woo-woo. And I was born and raised here, and that's not really been me. Uh, so when I I'd already had my master's, I had already worked in hospice for probably 15 years at the point that I got trained in brain spotting. And when I learned, I didn't know much about it going in, learned about bilateral music, being aware of the body, uh, that we often use a pointer to find an eye position to help the client just be able to focus in one area. When I saw that, believe me, my woo-woo bells were going off. Uh, (laughs) And so I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I remember we we learn about it. We get to witness somebody uh, going through their process. And then, then myself and another therapist practice for 45 minutes apiece, one being the client, one being uh, the therapist. And when it came my time to be the client, I didn't I didn't go right into allowing myself to feel anything. I was very protected. I was defensive. I, you know, I'd never done anything like that before. And I tell people that. And I, so much so that I heard other people around me crying and they were having these big moments. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to start acting like I'm, so that I don't ruin this other therapist's (laughs) time and make her feel bad because I'm not able to enter in. But once I allowed myself to breathe a little bit, calm down and just say, let's see where this goes, right? A big word in this is be curious. And so I allowed myself after a couple minutes just to, okay, I, they they noticed something. There was a reflex that they noticed in me that why they put the point or where they did. I just noticed where I was feeling my, that feeling in my body and I let myself go into it. And it was quite an amazing somatic. I felt a lot in my body. I had a lot of emotion, which again, those two things aren't, uh, are not the, I like to be up in my prefrontal cortex a lot. So for me to be in my body and to emote a lot with a person I didn't know very much, I knew that something was processing through. So I might share a portion of that just to say, I totally get it, right? This is not normal to be with the body and let it, we call it bottom up processing. So from the body, limbic brain into the prefrontal cortex. But if we get some curiosity, we say, nothing else is working, right? We've tried, I've tried harder. I've read all the books. I've talked with my friends. I've done all the things. 
and it's still I don't feel differently, if they can say that to themselves, why not give it a try, right? Yeah, and as far as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, this isn't something that the therapist is controlling. This is something that that the client is controlling, or the patient is controlling. And so you can yeah. know that you're safe because it's you in control of the thoughts and how you respond. Absolutely. I appreciate it. that's a great, great point as well, because that does hopefully give people, especially going into it, once you've done it once or twice, you'll start to notice what that feels like. But I agree with you because, again, I was cautious. I didn't know that person. I hadn't, I hadn't built that relationship. And again, usually if you're working with a therapist or a coach, you built rapport and we don't dive in two seconds into the right. You, you, you hopefully feel safe. But you're right. If you are, that's what I love about it. I ask you what you want to work on. I ask you some background around that. I ask you what you're feeling in your body, right? I might help you find an eye position. You might find the eye position yourself and I can walk you somebody through that. And then where you go is based on you. It's not hypnosis. I'm not telling you where to go, how to go. I don't stop our process and check in. EMDR has more of that. Again, EMDR is a great modality, but it is a lot more about explicit memory instead of just whatever you're noticing in your body. It's often more therapist-led. Ours is, let's set up the frame, so whatever's going on for you, and I'm going to follow you. Every once in a while, I might be like, hey, Kyle, what are you noticing right now, or what are you noticing in your body? Beyond that, I let people truly ride their waves, and some people, most people are pretty quiet when they process, so we can go a half hour and they only say a couple words and might say, oh my God, that was, that felt weird. All of a sudden I'm feeling it in my feet. Is that okay? Or they might say, I'm all of a sudden having this memory about my grandmother and, and right. And you just let them go wherever they go. Every once in a while, people that process through talking quite a bit, but most of the time people are rather quiet and just really in it. And then I manage the time. And so I might check in with you if we're getting near an end of a session and tell you because this mid part of our brain is what we call timeless. And so you're not going to be tracking. You're just going to be following whatever you're feeling in your body, whatever memory you're with, whatever emotion you're feeling. And I kind of hold space for that. that. That's my job. Your job is just to go wherever your body and your brain is taking you. Yeah, it sounds really powerful. And it sounds like you've helped hundreds of people, which is really a beautiful thing. So for the listeners that are interested in learning more and potentially even working with you directly, how, how can they get a hold of you? What What's some things they can do to explore this some more? Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so my website is my name, uh, Thad Fry Counseling. Uh, so they can go to thatfrycounseling.com uh, to check out what I offer. I'm also part of the Rocky Mountain Brain Spotting Institute, uh, which is a nonprofit institute. Won't go into all that we do, but we uh, uh, raise funds for people that can't afford it. Uh, we have a directory there. Brainspotting.com has a directory. Um, people can always email me and I'd be happy to refer them out if it's somebody in a different state. Uh, that's definitely a part of my job that I feel like, even though I'm in private practice, is to help uh, if I can connect people to uh, others that can assist them. I, I'd be happy to do so. Awesome. Well, thank you, Thad, for being on today's episode of the Blue Shirt Leadership Podcast. Listeners, please click on the links that'll be in the show notes. Learn more about this. 
these types of things change lives and we've already heard how it's changed dad's life and hundreds of people that he's helped with this. So join, join in on it. <laughs> so thank you awesome. again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.